Hi, thank you for joining me today. My name is John Newby. This is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and the Lamb podcast. And today's podcast is going to be Jesus the Carpenter, a man's man. And we're going to look at the historical references and understanding of what a carpenter was and how it applies to the Old Testament, to the new, with figures like Moses, to the New Testament and Mark and Hebrews and how it leads to Christ's deity. And we're also going to look at a more biblical look at Jesus as far as temperament and build and the way he carried himself. So often when we see the perception of Jesus, especially when mainstream Hollywood likes to depict him, he's more of a a hippie walking around with a slender build and didn't really carry himself with strong masculinity. And that is the farthest from the truth. Now we get, we get more of a masculine Jesus with the passion of the Christ, obviously. Um, but like Jesus Christ superstar and the, these other depictions of him are, you know, he's like a, a surfer. Like a, not, nothing against surfers if you're a surfer, okay? But there's that old movie, uh, 1970s, I think, 1977, Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, that's a perfect example of how they they like to show him how he's kind of, you know, soft. And that's not the biblical depiction of Jesus that you get. And there's going to be all kinds of tells that we're going to be able to see in this you know, when you read the scripture. Also, look how the disciples themselves, or the apostles, carry themselves and their disciples. Like early church fathers like Polycarp and Ignatius and Clement of Rome. And these guys were, I mean, even St. Nick, the actual real Santa Claus. <laughs> he was at the Council of Nicaea. He, you know, he smacked a heretic in the mouth. So these... Christians, it's here. I'm not gonna like just bash on you know the American version of Christianity because I'm an American and you know I'm a Protestant and I'm Baptist, so I get it. But uh, we we tend to think that Christianity is just bending bending over and just taking everyone's lashes all the time. And yes, there's a time for that. But there's also time to stand up and proclaim. To proclaim. And you got stand up to adversity. If someone's in a room and they can say something negative or something untruthful about our Lord, they have the strength to do that. You should also have the strength to stand up and speak and knock that down. Now, this is where you got to get involved in you know apologetics and understanding the scripture. And also you need to consult the head of your church to make sure your arguments are sound. But um, I wanted to go over here. We're going to look at Jesus' um, job as a carpenter historically. What did that look like? Like, What kind of man is that? So first and foremost, um, I did a video on this. And there's a, there's a uh, brother by the name of Dr. Gary Habermas who studies the, tr- the Shroud of uh, Turin. Spent thousands of hours. And that's the most studied artifact in the history of the world, by the way. And no one can come up with an explanation for it. 
I suggest you just you can go on my YouTube channel or you can go on any YouTube channel. That's there's Gary Habermas. I would I would definitely direct you to him if you don't want to try to hunt him down. Just go to mine. But um, his is better than mine, obviously. But uh, so the the general consensus of the of the mass or the body, the three dimensional object that was under the shroud was about 5'11 and a half, 180 to 190 pounds, somewhere around there. I've heard some estimates of a little over 200 pounds. So this was 33 AD. Now I've haven't done much research, but I've looked up into the average male size at that time, male, and they're about five foot three. So this three-dimensional mat body mass that was under the shroud of Turin that we believe to be, I believe it is um, our risen Lord's uh, burial wrap. It's a very large man, especially at that time. Still be pretty good size today. The average American's 5'9". Average American man, 5'9", 5'8", 5'9". It's not like America is a malnourished country, all right? I know there's other countries that are taller or other regions as well, but we're not small by any stretch. And Jesus is still, you know, two and a half inches taller than the average American male. And this was, and this is, what, 1980 years later? Whatever. So, you know, it's like pretty good-sized dude. Well, there's a couple reasons why I think the Bible reflects that as well. Okay, number one, when Jesus went into the temple, and the temple was full of all kinds of characters in there, okay? Cutthroat people. Cutthroat people. And he started flipping tables around. Nobody did anything about it. Nobody did anything about it. They just took his tongue lashing and his judgment, his righteous judgment, and... Remember, he's not surrounded by believers. It's not like if Jesus walked into, into a church and just and we're all sitting there and we're all worshiping him and he flips a table because he gets mad about a justifiably mad about something. And you know, well, obviously we're not gonna do anything. We're gonna repent and whatever he tells us to repent of, right? So he's not he's not surrounded by believers. He just gets he gets mad and judges them and flips tables and no one does anything. Number two, Jesus never raised his hand towards anyone. Okay, and when they came to arrest him, they brought a multitude of men to come arrest him. He had uh, about a dozen disciples with him. The, the, definitely brought as many soldiers as they wanted to or could to feel comfortable about arresting this large man. Number three, you read in the historical context of the crucifixion and you realize the punishment that he went through. It would take a very sturdy, thick, strong body to be able to handle that. To be able to handle that that beating. The crucifixion. And we know he lived through it and did not give his body, did not give his life until he released it himself. And then that's when the centurion stabbed him through the heart. But he was able to, to, to handle that beating and still press through. So it would take a very strong, sturdy body to be able to handle that beating and plus to carry the cross. I know Simon Burjona helps as well.
But still, when you start adding all this up, I think it's reasonable to believe that he was a pretty big dude, especially at the the time that this occurred in 33 AD. Okay? Now, the Bible does mention several carpenters. Jesus isn't the only one, but we're going to dive into some more about Jesus' uh, job description here in a second. Okay, but we got Noah who acted as a carpenter when he built the when they built the ark in Genesis six. Um, what is the guy's name? Bezalel or something like that. The the carpenter who made the ark of the covenant, and you know, of course, you know they had carpenters that built uh, David's King David's palace, so, and Solomon's temple, and yada yada yada. And you can read all of that in Kings and First uh, Kings, and Second Samuel and Exodus. So. Let's look at the carpenters at Jesus' time. So their job titles, what they did was they made farm tools and like plows and pitchforks and yokes that you put around a ox so it would, you know, uh, hoe the ground or fertilize the ground. They also made parts of houses or they even built houses up, of door frames, posts, and beams. And, you know, they made furniture and kitchen utensils. But they didn't, you know, they didn't have like a lumber yard there. So they would have to cut down the trees themselves. All right. So think about that, number one. And they use axes and saws and uh, hammers and things like this, this nature to get the tree down. And he would build a house out of that. It was an extremely physically challenging job. You absolutely had to be sturdy and muscular. Have good body strength to be able to handle that type of pounding on your body. So here is a article by SeanMcDowell.org and the Greek word for carpenter is tecton. And this is what uh, he quotes Dr. Sabine R. Hubener explains what kinds of carpenters would do. So tectons or tectons built not only roof structures for houses, but also other wooden structures such as oil mills, furniture, wagons, chariot wheels, and also barges and boats. Also, they had to go where the work was. So they were moving from job site to job site. Now, how much do you think Jesus made? Well, there is a uh, mention of a lease agreement that was found from an oil mill that was made around Jesus's time. And it was he uh, that that carpenter made 50 denarii a month building that oil mill which is as much as a mason and twice as a shepherd water carrier or unskilled day laborer so lower middle class i think is as a fair as a fair uh comparison since a carpenter worked largely outside income may fluctuate with the seasons while we don't know exactly how much jesus would have made as a carpenter the gospels present him as part of the working middle class of the day I don't believe that, you know, the Bible doesn't say this, but I think it's fair to say that Jesus probably learned this skill from Joseph and he traveled with Joseph and Mary you know, and went from job site to job site. We know that they did move around a lot because of the, uh, the threats from um, the government trying to kill them. And so basically these last 10 minutes or so, I've been trying to you know, paint you a picture of he's durable, he's strong, he's muscular, he's tough. And he works with his hands. And this isn't just, you know, all due respect to someone today who just comes over and puts in a cabinet. This guy, you know, our our God man 
cut down trees with axes, hauled them over there and built people's houses and frames and oil mills. So it was a pretty tough job. And I, and I think that it's a, a more fair comparison is to mention Jesus is more masculine. And I also think that the media is doing this intentional. They want a softer, uh, weaker Jesus. Um, I believe one study that just came out recently is that a mother of faith will lead her child to um, the, the, that faith. So say a, a Christian mother and a atheist or agnostic father, there's about an 18% chance that the child becomes a Christian. And if it's the father and the roles reverse, it's 89%. So you think that there's a war on masculinity to feminize men? Absolutely. There's an end game for it all. There's an end game for it all. That's why when you look at the uh, the biblical understanding of what the head of the house means, it doesn't mean make me a sandwich and be quiet and rub my feet. It means that man has a massive responsibility in the house to make sure that his children go to church and know the Lord, know the Lord, know the word, and that he's a moral exception or moral example in his house. Excuse me. That That's the whole job of the man. And he's supposed to lead by example. And that's why they attack masculinity. So let's, let's go to God's word. Mark 6, 3. And this is where... We do know Jesus was a carpenter. It says it right here. So just for people who may not know the Lord and are listening to this podcast, it says it here in Mark 6, 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. So they're basically saying, hey, this dude's just a carpenter. We get more context in the story. I recommend you to go read it. We're not going to dive into the context of the story, but basically it's saying that this dude's just a carpenter. So how, who, why is he speaking this way? I mean, we know his brothers and sisters. He, is he not Mary's uh, son, the son of Mary? But when you go to Hebrews, we're going to just see a distinction from this carpenter than the other carpenters we talked about earlier in the Old Testament. Okay. And this is where it gets beautiful. So Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, most, most uh, people believe to be Paul. We'll go to Hebrews 3. And this is from the 95 NASB. And I'm going to read it to you. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was in all his house. His house. Remember, Jesus is the subject. His house. So this is also a scream to the deity of Christ. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by just so much as a builder of the house has more honor than the house. So Jesus is more important than the builder of the house. You see the connection of the carpenter? That's why I dove into it so much. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. And you also read in Colossians 1, written by Paul, that all things were created by him and through him. 
And Paul here is referencing and going all the way back to the Old Testament. Hebrews references the Old Testament. I believe just about as much, if not more, than any other book in the uh, New Testament. It's just covered with the Old Testament. And this is reaching back into Genesis and things like that about God, how He's a creator of all things and the creator of this house. For every house is built by someone, but the, but the builder of all things is God. And again, Paul references is also saying that in Colossians 1, written by him as well. And then he continues to make a distinction between Moses and Jesus. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of these things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence at the boast of our hope firm until the end. And the irony of this is that the dating of Hebrews is before the fall of the temple in 70 AD. And the author of Hebrews, which I believe to be Paul, Others say it could be Apollos or Barnabas, but I believe it to be Paul. Um, talk about how Jesus is more important than that house. You see the correlations with the carpenter, his job title. The, the, the carpenter built the house and he's greater than the house. There's All this stuff is intertwined together. It's the, the, the eternal son of the father just didn't become a carpenter he became or you know just out of the blue moon it was he picked to be a carpenter for a specific reason because it all foreshadows traits that God himself has like building things and greater than the things that he built and this is also showing the authorship and the ownership in the high the high priesthood which is what uh, chapter 3 starts with the high priest that he is the house you see talk about being your mind being blown he is the house and we're all in the house he's the creator of the house all things all things but the builder of all things is God and he is the house or it is house that we dwell in because we have him. And look at Paul here on verse 7. As he cries out. Or Barnabas or Apollos. Whatever. The, okay. Verse 7. Therefore just as the Holy Spirit says today. If you hear his voice. The Holy Spirit says. Which the Holy Spirit confesses. Who Jesus is. That's his job. I've I often had people ask me. How come the Holy Spirit isn't all over the Bible. Uh, he is first of all. Obviously, to be fair, it's not as much as the Father and the Son. I agree. It's because the Holy Spirit's role, it's not, it's, he's not of less importance. It's his role is to proclaim the Son. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoke me. As in the day of the trials of the wilderness, where your fathers tried me and tested me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore I was angry with the generation and said they always go astray in their heart. And they did not know my ways. And it finishes with verse 11. And I swore in my wrath, 
they shall not enter my rest. The author of Hebrews is quoting Psalms here. Psalms here. So it's tying this all in about the Holy Fear, Holy Spirit professing Jesus about how he is the, the temple. He is the high priest. All this is tied in. His job title tied in. And, and why I brought up how Jesus is built earlier is because understand something. When you got a house that's built with strong hands and a masculine hands and not some wimp, not some surfer dude or anything like that, it's somebody who carries himself with strength. That is the type of person that you want to build your house. That's the mentality. So, long story short, <laughs> Jesus is masculine. We have references about his uh, the way he looked in the in the uh, Bible, uh, how people approached him, how they approached him. Um, the possible historical um, evidence of his size with the Shroud of Turn, which I believe to be it. And you have here, we, we know the job title of a, of a carpenter at this time. We understand what he went through and what his body went through, the abuse. It had to take a, ma a muscular man, a, a strong man to be able to endure that beating. And it just seems to go with a high priest of the true kingdom. It's important that we really look and understand what Jesus, who Jesus was and is and forever will be. Okay? Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.